Welcome to another episode of Based News Network. I am Punk Revolution now here with Jonah Varka, aka Sophie. Say hi, Sophie. Hey there. So we're going to be later in the episode, we're going to be reviewing the new movie Bo is Afraid, which Sophie and I saw this week. So stick around for that. But first and foremost, we need to talk about the witch hunt against Congressman George Santos, our favorite congressperson in human history. Mm -hmm. George Santos, as a reminder, he is a Brazilian gay Republican congressperson, so we, two we out of the shared, th- we two share th- some similarities with him. Yeah, two out of the two, two out of three things are cool. The third, the yeah. GOP part is not. Yeah, and what? Yeah, so just a reminder: when he, a few weeks after he won his uh, seat in the House of Representatives in the state of New York, he a bunch of you know journalistic investigations came out finding that he had lied about. His his parents being Jewish refugees and lied about being Jewish. Died about his parents dying in nine eleven. Died about lied about the college he went to. Lied about his career. Lied about literally freaking everything. He also has happened to have been a drag queen when he was from when he lived in Brazil. Just you know, a complete liar through and through. And now, the witch hunt has taken a, an additional step further because it seems that George Santos now is actually officially charged. With 13 crimes that um, actually seem pretty serious. It looks like he's... Could be uh, facing you know, up he, to 20 years. Up to 20 years. Them, these are, for, some, for some of them, so... Yeah. I mean, these are pretty funny, honestly. Like, so some of them are a little bit boring about, like, him lying in on documents about how much money he makes, blah, 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 whatever. But, like, one that I think is really funny is... Um, you know, back when the the pandemic was really getting going, uh, and they they were giving mm. very very large bonuses to unemployment to people who were unemployed right. during he the pandemic. He was collecting unemployment, right? While he was he was making over six, he was making over a hundred thousand dollars a year from his job, and he was continuously collecting. He collected like tens of thousands of dollars of of, of unemployment while he was employed so that's a that's a pretty big uh, big strike against him he was taking money that was donated um to him for his campaign like campaign funds and he was spending it on like personal you know paying off his credit card debt paying off his his car loans and like just u- using f- money that was donated to him for his campaign and using it for personal expenses just, you know, the whole thing, it's exactly what you'd expect. Like, this is, like, the least surprising news yeah, you could real. ever imagine. Like, of course, this dude is a compulsive liar who would have the audacity to lie about, you know, being Jewish and his parents dying in 9-11 would also be... These are insane things to say, like... Yeah, And yeah. weren't they also uh, Ukrainian Jews as well? That's that's what he said. He said that his... Well, not I actually, parents, but that's what he's saying. It's just, just to, yeah, like, add exactly. to the, like ridiculousness of his claims just like trying to garner as much attention and sympathy as he possibly can which is really upsetting because there are ukrainian jews and i'm you know what i mean like ukraine is in a crisis yeah and and it's crazy because um he 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 he, he's so i'm I'm reading here he received more than twenty four thousand dollars in unemployment benefits during the pandemic and he's actually on a committee um, with other GOP members in the House of Representatives, to to crack down on on uh, on cash that was un um, that was basically given out unfairly during the pandemic. Like he's literally on Bro's a committee a to crack fraud. down. He was on a committee to crack down on himself. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So pretty epic, and I I don't know like. There's something really, really funny and charming about him. Like if if it's, it's, it's a shame it's that true. he's, it's a shame that he's literally evil. Yeah. Because facts. like you, I want to root him on so bad. Like yeah, no, listening it's to true. like it's true. Like you want to, I mean, like these days, like we're kind of encouraged to root for the anti-hero, not to think about Taylor Swift, but like you know what I mean, like. 
the Breaking Bad, um, Sopranos, you know, like there's, you know, like we are, we like to root for anti-heroes, people who do bad things, but have redeemable, redeemable qualities about them. Right. So like people love Azalea Banks, even though she's said some stuff that is really crazy, but she's also said some really like interesting and good stuff. You know what I mean? Like people love, love an anti-hero. And I feel like George Santos being LGBTQ, you know, that's kind of different and fun and being gay and subversive. It's subversive and, but also conservative. Of course, this is not good. This is not a good thing. He's actively campaigning against his own community, which is, is messed up. But, uh, you know, he's, He's such an interesting character. And then, like, we find out later that he used to be a drag queen in Brazil. Like, you know, yeah. it's it's just, it's ridiculous. It's straight out of a movie, you know what I mean? And it, it kind of, it makes you kind of, like, almost want to root for him. But then you got to, you know, take a step back and really think, okay, like, he's actually doing some serious damage <laughs> to the world. And... Although he might be funny in in, in uh, theory, he is he's definitely not like a, someone you want to support in practice. Well, it's really interesting because I remember hearing about. Um, I think one of his friends said that like when he was in Brazil, he was quite like progressive. You know what I mean? And I could definitely see basically for him, he doesn't really believe in anything. And he's, he's just, just a grifter, just doing what he. He's can. just saying, yeah. He just saw, okay, if Donald Trump can be president, so can I. And, like, he literally executed that vision perfectly. And when journalists were asking him about these charges, he was like, oh, well, you know, let me defend myself in court. Are you trying to accuse me of something? Like, this is obviously a witch hunt. Like, let me show you that this is a witch hunt. Like, it was so funny. Like, he's, like, obviously has learned from watching Donald Trump. And it's crazy, too, because even though he has all these charges against him, he's, such is like, so obviously transparently a liar, blah, blah, blah. Like, other Republicans in the House don't want him, don't want to, like, kick him out of the House because their their victory in the House is so narrow that they, like, need every vote they they can get. So, like, they're literally just like, let's just wait and see what happens in court. Let's not overreact. We need to let the, the, the wheels of justice turn, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, so, the, so the one good thing that we're getting from George Santos, the one good thing is we get to, he's just another thing that is just contribu- like contributing to watching Kevin McCarthy and other Republicans in the House, like, squirm as they just lie through their teeth and just contradict themselves at every turn. So yeah. that's the one good thing. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe in the in twenty twenty four, the election between Joe Biden and Trump is going to be extremely, extremely close, and Joe Biden's going to just squeak it out. And the only thing that helped Joe Biden win was people are going to remember George Santos putting a bad taste in their mouth in regards mm-hmm. to Republicans. So I hope maybe so. that's maybe that's George Santos' master plan going to jail Santos for twenty years. George Santos is basically like Better Call Saul, you know, but like bad, like better, like Better Call Saul, like. Like Saul Goodman is actually like a interesting like good character, you know what I mean? Like you he, he's a I think deep down a good person, right? But he's doing like questionable things and lying and you know, fraud and all this, but like <laughs> except George Santos is bad and evil and yeah. Well, another good thing that George Santos did though was that um, you know, the money he took from donors and spent on his credit card and whatever else he was spending on. He was ta- he was taking money from rich Republicans. That is true. So he was he was doing a little Robin Hood, taking from the rich and redistributing to himself. I guess I, kind of. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he 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 just has swag. I like his glasses. I like his haircut. Ooh, the I like Brazilian his body language. Brazilian solidarity. He's got Brazilian swag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have solidarity with him because I'm an LGBTQ community yeah. member. So, just kidding. <laughs> well, so solidarity for solidarity for George Santos, the one good, um, the one good Republican. They the Republicans <laughs> finally had the they finally had one good Republican, and the deep state had to put him in jail. So they, couldn't, oh. they couldn't stand it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that is the tea on on Georgie. Anything else? Anything else interesting about? Mr. Santos, Santos Kiss. 
<laughs> yeah, Santos. I want Santos' I, kiss. George I want Santos. Santos' kiss. Sorry, that's an inside joke. There's nothing else. To, there's nothing else to say about George Santos, but he's still he's still he's still in the House of Representatives. He still has power, so that's that's really all there is to it. I'm sure. Well, I'm. It's not. I think it's just not fair that Donald Trump did all this illegal stuff, and well, I guess what we'll, 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 we'll talk more about that. Guys. It's literally homophobic. It's literally <laughs> the one gay Republican, and they True. charge him with crimes, even though Trump's done all the a bunch of worse stuff true guys this is this is the biggest issue right now in the world yeah <laughs> there's good there's good corruption and, and why, there's bad corruption that's why we need to see you all at the free george santos walkout at at, at school yeah. today guys because we're all we're all in high school right now for sure everybody walk out of school if you're not in school and we'll know why if you're not in school walk out of your job in solidarity with george santos <laughs> Yay. All right, folks. I don't think there's anything else to say other than obviously we're keeping a close eye and we mm-hmm. we support George Santos because of his <laughs> swagger. True. All right. So next topic, Sophie. Do you want to take this one? Yes. Away? Yes. Um, Doja Cat. We all we know we all know Doja Cat. <laughs> she is the troll internet troll rapper you I, I feel like i don't need to explain who doja cat is i think everyone knows who she is at this point right kayo yeah she uh she has um can you sing that one tiktok song she has oh say so oh, oh. Didn't with she has so yeah. many famous songs like so i i don't think but that's even worth that's explaining it's not even worth explaining who she is because everyone knows who she is but the reason we're talking about Doja Cat today is because she basically trashed her two previous albums, uh, Planet Her, and there's the other one. What is Hot it? Hot Pink. Hot Pink. Hot Pink. So what she said, what she said was, um, Planet Her and Hot Pink were cash grabs and y'all fell for it. Now I can go disappear somewhere and touch grass with my loved ones on an island while y'all weep for mediocre pop. And I have a few, you know, first initial reactions. Number one, it's important to note that, you know, Doja Cat loves to troll people, right? Like she likes to be kind of rude and like facetious and like tongue in cheek, say, you know, things like this. Um, It's nothing new for her. Um, She's always like pulling something like this. But um, it's also, you know, garnered a lot of attention because she did just win an award for for Songwriter of the Year. So she's, you know, sort of, you know, implying that she she her previous work is like bad. And, you know, I don't know. That's an interesting thing because it, it kind of reminds me of Kayo's uh, philosophy on music or like modern pop right now. Being whoa, cash whoa, whoa, grabs whoa, 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 and stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. But before we get before we get into <laughs> before we get into the the analysis, I think there's one other really important thing to mention. Sure. Which is right after she did this tweet that was a troll tweet and got a bunch of attention for it, she did announce her next yes, album. Yes. Yes. Saying it's called First of All, and I'm announcing it right now. So that's true. Just another another really important piece that, frankly, I think is the biggest p- piece of the puzzle here. Yeah, which thanks is, for thanks for reminding me of that. I don't mean to I don't mean to mansplain, but it's okay. I just mansplained Doja Cat to my girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, even though I only go know for her. it, go for it. No, 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 no. You, you. No, no, no I, no. I know. I, I don't know. I know. I think that's that is an important thing to mention because it's a good way to you know get get the eyes on her. And then announce new music that supposedly is gonna like blow these out of the water as like a real art. Yeah, I mean it's really funny. I mean I think there's I think it's an interesting tweet because I do think there are multiple things going on here at once. Yeah. Maybe you know part of it is just sort of a cynical. I'm gonna do some trolling to get attention on my next album. 
maybe there is a part of her that there probably is a part of her that legitimately feels like her new album she's working on is a new musical direction she's proud of and she doesn't like her previous albums anymore because she loves her new direction so much she's gonna go in i completely agree what you were saying like I think it's absolutely comical that Doja Cat, even though her songs are really catchy, um, would win like awards for best songwriter of the year or whatever. Like they are literally just TikTok viral songs that are cash grabs, whatever. So it's I think there is like multiple things going on. Um, but one thing I do want to say though is this is it's interesting because what she's doing here. It's something I've seen before, not just with pop stars, but with even with indie small artists that don't care about money at all. I have seen bands, like, they'll release an album, and then they'll release, like, a second album, and their second album or whatever will be way different than the stuff they released beforehand, like a completely different genre or whatever. And they will completely, like, disown and hate the previous stuff they released. Like, this is something that happens pretty often to the point where, like... Yeah, that's true. And I kind of get it. Like, imagine, you know, you're in, you're you're playing, you know, pop, and then you start making rock, and, you, you know, fans come up to you, and they're like, oh, my God, I love these songs, and they list off a bunch of your pop songs. You know, in, in an artist, you have all these doubts, like, oh, my God, maybe my new stuff isn't as good. People don't appreciate my new stuff as much. Like, you know, it's really weird, but sometimes complimenting an artist's older stuff even though it's meant to be nice and it's meant to show you really know that artist really well. Yeah, I, that totally makes sense. Oh, you only like my old work. Does that mean like my new music is bad? Yeah, Sophie, it's like, oh my God. What if Sophie, if someone like says, oh my God, Joan of Arca, I love your Instagram account. And they like list off like five memes you made from like a year ago, you know? Like it's yeah. easy to think. You Like unfortunately with like just the way the brains of people with anxiety work, including artists, their brain will go, oh, they list five memes from a year ago. Does that mean none of my memes in the past year are good as my old stuff? Did I peak? Did I fall off? Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. So, I mean, I know I'm getting pretty in depth here, but I'm just saying this because I, I don't want to just completely dismiss what she's saying here as just a pure money hype cynical thing i do think she probably does is probably going through the same phenomenon that a lot of artists go through of wanting to dismiss their older stuff because they're so in love with their newer stuff or see their newer stuff as more serious Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think it's working in that i'm i'm curious to hear her new album when it comes out now that i've now that she's sort of established that okay my old music is mid it's like it was a cash grab my 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 new music is going to be something completely different and and way better now of course i want to listen to it so out of curiosity yeah. so it is it's working but i also found it interesting too because it's almost insulting the tweet is insulting to her fans um if taken at face value right because she says like y'all fell for it like y'all gave me money when you shouldn't have because i you know what i mean um it's a little bit insulting to her fans, but then again, Doja Cat's fans like know that she's a troll and that she's like messing around, and uh, you know it's not that serious. You know what I mean? I mean, but I'm gonna I be honest. Interesting. If you, I completely agree. But Sophie, if you're someone who has an emotional connection to like Doja Cat's like really poppy songs, like to the point where this is gonna hurt your feelings, like I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm sorry, but I mean, like yeah, yeah but like, I mean, but she said y'all fell. F-, you know, she's she's insulting their intelligence. She's saying like y'all fell for it. Well, I, well, it's well that she's right though. Like if you're someone who has like an emotional connection to like really TikToky pop songs, then yes, your insult your 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 intelligence ought to be insulted a little bit. I suppose so. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, no, it's come okay. On. No, I I understand, but I mean. I I don't know. Like, I also have a soft spot for, like, bad pop. Not to say she's bad. I don't want to call her bad. I mean, we probably have a lot of fans who like her. Um, I... Look, I'm just saying what Doja Cat said. I think there are far worse... I think Doja Cat is miles ahead of Taylor Swift. I'll say that. I really, I really enjoy Doja Cat. But, like, you know, it's, it's candy. It's just, it's just, 
it's mm-hmm. candy. It's fun. It's sh- it's shallow. It's very shallow in in intent. And I'm not we're not shallow. exactly yeah. And I mean, she is right though. Like these are like albums she made like when she was you know she's been becoming this like huge star right, and they're sort of meant to please her new audi- audience. Her 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 move into mainstream uh, culture. You know what I mean? Like to fame yeah, yeah. and the music yeah, that she, no, she's making yeah. during this time has to sort of accommodate that change and you know appeal to more people so it makes sense i i totally i totally get it um like well actually you know what so though i think i think you know you saying that that it did kind of trigger a little bit of like me thinking about it like there is something a little bit i don't know like you like if you get really famous off shallow tiktok music like you have to appreciate that, uh, like privilege of mm. becoming like extremely famous, and even if you made it, maybe, maybe even if you like, you know, launched off shallow TikTok music, you still ought to like. Well, it's I don't like, know. I There's, mean, that's what made you famous. You know what I mean? Like those, like those are your yeah. fans. Like you wouldn't be here without those fans who like your old music. But I understand it, though. I mean, she is an artist at the end of the day, right? So she has she has a right to criticize her old work. And she has a right to sort of transition into this new era. Like, I, won't, I mean, it would be awesome if she made some better music. I'm not saying her old music is, by the way. By the way, like, I love her. I like there's she has some fun, catchy songs that I like like to, you know, listen to. Like, I don't listen to them in my free time, but, like, if they're on in the background, I'll be like, okay, this is kind of catchy and fun. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not mm-hmm, the kind of music mm-hmm. that makes my ears bleed. It's it's fine. It's 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 kind of fun to listen to. So I, I, I don't yeah. hate it at all. I kind of like it. I just don't really listen to it of course. in my free time. Well, she, she's... She's very talented she at is. writing pop songs. She's very so talented, is, though, and she's not a bad rapper beca- at all. Just because you're good at writing pop songs, also does not necessarily mean you're good at writing artsy songs. So it's I'm going to be honest. There's a very good chance Doja Cat makes this pivot into music that is genuinely more serious, genuinely more artistic. But frankly, maybe she's just really, really good at writing pop hits. And then when it comes to writing artsy music, she's just like pretty good. So it, we could be entering a, a, like a, an era here where she's going to take herself more seriously. Most people are going to be like, yeah, this is pretty good. But frankly, when I want to listen to Doja Cat, I just want to listen to the shallow pop stuff. That's true. And but maybe that she could makes be something really good. upsetting for her. Yeah, I mean, maybe she makes something good, though, you know? Well, she set, she set the bar really high. That's true. Now, you know? That's like true. she's like she has to now, or else she's gonna. Can you think really, of an you know, example fall... of? Uh, I mean, oh, there's like there's tons of musicians, right, who start out like this, right, who make kind of shallow pop music, and I I kind of want to hesitate to say shallow because I know a lot of people like like her old music and really it's very important to them. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be, you know what I mean? It, it's it's music is so personal, you know. So it's like it's difficult to criticize it. Which I mean, I know that's what you do, so you're probably better at this than I am. Well, the thing is, I think this is actually kind of a stereotypical, um, like, so So usually what happens is usually actually when I think about it, usually artists start out with their more experimental artsy stuff. And then as they kind of continue releasing albums, then you'll see them kind of get a little bit more commercial, um, like, I guess like U2, like Weezer. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like, I, I mean, mean it happened with like, Arca too. Arca. Yeah, and that's just I think that's, that's just not like a the critici- nature. That's not a criticism at, yeah. at all. So there this what she's doing is the opposite of that. And it do, it does happen too sometimes where artists start off and they just really off the bat immediately get well, like, like super popular the Beatles, off their right? commercial stuff. Yeah, and then they exactly the Beatles, exactly. So she maybe she's going to be the Beatles, you know? Maybe yes! she's going to release her <laughs> she's going to release the white she's going to release the white album or Sgt. Pepper's and we're going to be like, "Oh damn, she was right." I mean, that would be awesome. I would love to have... I mean, this is kind of what the punk revolution, like the doctrine, the ideology, yeah. right? Is like, we want better music. We we, we want to yeah. get rid of the shallow mid-pop. We want better, more meaningful music. So if Doja Cat is embracing this uh, philosophy, I think that's probably great for society. Of course, she has to deliver on that, but I think it's a good good step in the right direction, but... 
of course, I, actually, you have to be I careful. Agree. You have to be careful about how you like no, talk no, no, about no, no, your no. fans yeah. and stuff. And, you know. Yeah. No. 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 Sophie, you're right. That's you actually initially brought that up before I, I mansplained mm-hmm. to you, and mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't even talk about it. Which was <laughs> you're right. This is literally Doja Cat possibly embracing the punk revolution. She says she is. This is all a lie. This is all a lie. All these awards I've won for songwriting, even though I'm writing shallow music, is ridiculous. She's acknowledging it. You know, and. And like I and like also like she is far better than a lot of like Ed Sheeran for example Taylor Swift in my opinion Ed Sheeran Taylor absolutely. Swift like absolutely. all these people like she even though like she might call her her music shallow and cash cash grabby like it's still better than a lot of other mainstream pop so I'm excited yeah. to see like what she does. And I also admire her for taking a risk. And she has been, I don't know if you've been noticing this, Kayo, but like she's had a, like a big evolution in her style and like physical look. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I have noticed that. So and she kind of like do shaved say- her eyebrows off and like kind of has like a shaved head. And like she's definitely been embracing a more alternative style. Um, if you go on her Instagram, Kayo, if you read all the comments, the Met Gala. Like, yeah, the Met Gala. Um, if you go, I don't know if you got on her Instagram, Kayo, but if you go on her Instagram and just read the comments, it's like, have you sold your soul to Satan? Like, like I'm serious. Like, all the comments mm. think she's, like, joined the... Oh, she actually deleted almost all of her posts. And now, like, look at her Instagram now. It's way more alternative and weird. Like, the, but I think she deleted a lot of them. But they, like, all the comments are like, are you a Satanist now? Like, have you sold your soul? Like, we want the old Doja Cat back. Like, you used to be so beautiful. Now you're wearing these weird things in your teeth and you've shaved your eyebrows off and you are you have these weird piercings. Like, you, we miss the old Doja Cat. This is, like, demonic. I'm serious. Like, people are genuinely yeah. no, calling no, no, her demonic. It. Well, the thing is, Sophie, the thing is, is when I say her music is is shallow... You know, there's a big difference between Doja Cat shallow and Ed Sheeran shallow. Right, that's because true. Because Ed, Sh- Ed, Ed Sheeran's shallow is like Ed Sheeran thinks what he's playing is deep, but it's actually really shallow. Yeah. Well, Doja Cat is clearly an, an, an intelligent person who is making mm-hmm. shallow music intentionally because she knows it's fun. She knows it's lighthearted. Right. While like- <laughs> by the way, you can enjoy that kind of music. That There's nothing wrong with that. You can enjoy like kind of fun pop music. You uh okay you can't you you okay, you're not well, allowed to enjoy you're not allowed to enjoy Ed Sheeran. <laughs> oh no 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 I'm I'm referring to Doja okay, Cat's okay, pop sorry. music like for like I like her I some of her songs are super fun to listen to I will say that um so like I'm okay with I'm I'm actually excited for her and I I kind of support her like I like that this like new evolution in her style mainly because everyone's like calling it like disturbing and wrong and like. Like, oh, we miss this beautiful woman. Like, you're now, like, look crazy. And, like, you've sold your soul. Okay, great. Let's have that and better music. I'm excited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sophie, do you remember the the Little Yachty album that came out earlier this year? Yeah. Little Yachty? Yeah. He, like, he, you know, it, I feel like... Oh, right. It was I like mean, a... It wasn't it, like, uh, psychedelic? It was, like, psychedelic. Kind of it was, like, psychedelic rock. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a necessarily, like... Super you were you parallel. you gave that a good review. Like you were excited about. That. I thought it was. Gr- I was really excited about that. I still like it. You know, I think it's really cool for an artist who, like, you know, Little Yachty never like disparaged his previous releases and said that was all bad. And now my stuff is serious. But like he he did like, I don't know, like kind of. He took a very he took a very creative bold risk with his new album i think it's it paid admirable off. and and it's like it's so cool now that we have like these really popular artists who are trying different things at least it's, actually it's, she's, genuinely she's literally an eight you could make a video about this kyle like she's an agent of the punk revolution if you think about it i i i, I, I need to look more into her trolling because i feel like i remember she's 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 had a number of various troll she does troll. adventures she does troll and i know you're anti-troll so there's that well i need to no 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 you got me <laughs> curious though because maybe she's counter trolling well that's true that's true but i think like if we take it at face value is she saying like i those were cash grabs like according to the prn philosophy you would agree with that and she's going to make new music and she's kind of embracing a more alternative identity. We can kind of, you know, it's kind of it's kind of aligning, I think, as an outsider. So I actually I actually want to bring up what um 
uh, inherent it girl on our podcast when we sh- when she when we had had her on a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. She made a really interesting point where she said that everything exists within capital, and mm-hmm. the the ultimate and the ultimate thing that capital rewards you with is the ability to exist or the ability to i don't want to say the ability to like the illusion that you get to live outside capital so to me to me this kind of feels like that like she made Mm. a ton of money off off her capitalist albums Mm -hmm. and now she gets to she gets that like reward of being more authentic yeah living outside capitalism you know what i mean that's an interesting all right sorry no i just uh i (laughs) No, that's a Sorry, good. Just... That's a great point, Kyle. Like, it's more difficult to for her if she started out making more alternative, like more experimental, strange music. It's it's more difficult for her to to do well. So maybe this is maybe this is the secret to making it as a musician in the twenty first century. Because in the mm. in the nineties, maybe her and, and maybe 80s, her first music, like her initial albums, were the greatest troll of all. Maybe she maybe a tactic maybe to gain to... notoriety so she could make good music later. All right. So after all right. So next Fireman record is going to be like basically just the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> radio Radiohead radio music. Yeah. And then and then I'll go back to making hardcore. So everybody bear with me as I kind of work this through. It's just with a the big inspiration troll. of Doja Cat. It's it's literally the vanguard. It's she's like a playing, Marxist Leninist yeah. vanguard. She's playing like the long game here. All right, that's. I think that's a pretty valuable insight. Mm, thank um, you. So th- yeah, yeah. You, you, Doja Cat. This is all part of the punk revolution. Yep. All right. So, anything else to say about Doja Cat? I don't think so. Okay. So next next segment is kind of two segments sort of bundled together in one because they really go hand in hand. So we have on May 9th, um, a jury of six men and three women um, found Trump liable for sexual abuse and defamation of E. Jean Carroll, a woman who accused Trump of very graphically and violently um, sexually assaulting slash raping her a few decades ago. Um, I if you if you have the stomach for it, I would recommend listening to her her testimony because it's quite pretty disgusting it sounds very very um legitimate i mean obviously she convinced a jury she had lots of witnesses of people who after this sexual assault testified that you know right after this assault they that she told them about it and everything and the lawyer was obviously you know like basically say trump's lawyer was saying it's all a conspiracy trump's lawyer and trump basically didn't even try you know they were just saying yeah you know he doesn't have to i mean like he really doesn't have to like trump's exactly existence is enough to his his uh his supporters are just doing all the work for him he clearly has an attitude of he can do whatever he wants and he's untouchable yeah yeah i do want to note that this was a a civil um a civil Civil suit suit rather than like rather than criminal so the bar to find him liable is a little is, is lower you know like it's it's i know with criminal it has to be beyond a reasonable doubt that's obviously extremely hard to to reach in cases of sexual abuse especially sexual abuse that happened decades ago but regardless it's you know lots of men on the jury apparently some of the some men on the jury were even trump supporters so it's long story short you got wit- lots of witnesses trump's gonna have to pay he's 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 uh he's on the hook for five million dollars in damages so there's that one pretty big remarkable story. OMG, Trump is facing legal consequences, and it's also a huge win for me too. And then two days later, two days later, Trump was on a CNN town hall, and this town hall was hosted by Caitlin Collins. And a town hall setting is basically just a conversation between you know a CNN moderator and Donald Trump. And a bunch of people in the audience who were basically like, it seemed to be all Trump supporters. Because as Trump was talking and lying and doing his usual thing, the audience were like laughing and cheering him on and, 
you know, sneering and just do just, you know, acting like real dickheads is really bizarre. It's like, wait, what? Like this like there's so many questions. Why is CNN having this town hall in the first place when Trump hasn't sealed the nomination yet anyways? Why did they pack the audience with like a bunch of Trump supporters? It just felt like a whole like softball to him. Um and this, there's, there's so many different things that have gone on with this. We, I want to get into the specifics and a little bit of the town hall mm-hmm. and like some of the questions. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the first big question that everyone, on everyone's mind is like, why did CNN do this? And is CNN being irresponsible for holding this town hall in the first place and giving Trump a platform? Yeah. And he doesn't need another one. Yeah, that's true. So, so I don't know. So do you have any like first opinions on like, was this shameful of CNN? Was CNN reasonable for this? Like, I, I, what, I'm curious what you think. <sighs> hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, in an ideal world, right, we want our, our publications, we want journalism to be fair and to re- reflect, you know, all sides of the political spectrum and, and inform people, right? So... In theory, right, like having hosting Donald Trump, who is probably going to be the Republican nominee, like hosting him on CNN is is not, you know, at first glance inherently an evil thing to do, right? He is, you know, he's he's the other person who's running, you know what I mean? So it's imp- it's important for people to, regardless of what media they choose to consume, to uh, to learn about his beliefs and his views and etc. You know what I mean? Um, but there, there shouldn't be discrimination in theory, right? But this is also Donald Trump, who's sort of in a whole another level, a whole new league, um, and is sort of just <laughs> blatantly spreading misinformation and, and hate and, and just, like, it, it, he's not, like, a normal, like, person, you know? And yeah. he was literally just, like, Involved in this, you know, sexual assault, rape uh, lawsuit. It's it's not a it's not a great look for CNN. I mean, and like you said, like he really doesn't need another platform. So, hosting Trump in theory isn't like a bad thing. Like just because CNN is is aligned with um with the left more, but but it's also Donald Trump, you know, and he doesn't yeah. need that. It's a really interesting conversation. It's a really interesting conversation. Because, yeah, on paper, if someone told me CNN is going to hold a town hall mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the former president of the United States, yeah. who is probably going to be the nominee again, like, there should be literally nothing wrong with that. You know? Right, right. That's I think just what, what journalism what is. is. That's what journalism is. But I think what the problem is, is not necessarily that, but, like, I think you got to really watch the town hall to understand how egregious it is because mm-hmm. like the the town like Caitlin Collins who is moderating she was really pushing hard trying to rebuttal every single lie that Trump had but Trump just like drove over like steamrolled he didn't over even her try like she would try to, to like engage in a, a conversation No 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 she didn't try yeah yeah, like you, you literally cannot stop because you have to stop Trump after every single sentence to like stop all his lies. And then it's like that's like not really even you know, a val- like a valid like segment. You can you can and he and she was trying really hard, but Trump, you know, he especially when he has an audience that's like cheering him on and laughing at the stuff he's saying, just Trump completely controlled the whole conversation. I'm going to be honest, like, you know, I think like a lot of Democrats who are watching, especially like people who work for the DNC, were hoping this would be good ammo, getting Trump on TV saying really awful things that Democrats can then use in ads. We've kind of learned, we've learned that that doesn't really work. Well, it's the thing, honestly, I think if anything, I think, and I don't think this is something that's being said very much about it is, yes, Donald Trump said all these awful things, but it seems to me, it seems to me he's been practicing because he sounded pretty confident. He sounded pretty clear. He sounded pretty cohesive. It's he, he, All his political views are equally as atrocious in terms of, you know, wanting to steal the election. And he said he wanted to default on the debt. Just absolutely insane, horrendous, destructive things. But, like, he clearly 
he's not he's not half-assing this re-election run like he's clearly been practicing and Mm. i think he i think he crushed the cnn town hall i think if you're someone who doesn't know anything about anything which is frankly the average voter and you watch that and you see the moderator of cnn like stumble as she tries to squeak in oh by the way you didn't really win the election and then you have trump who's very confidently like oh we looked at the results blah 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 like just just aggressively saying no we won if you're someone who's on the fence and you don't know anything you might trust trump over the moderator because he's a man and he's also just confident and he's a big personality he's a professional professional. (laughs) it's true he's a professional liar so yeah, I completely agree. I think people are a little bit overreacting. Like, is the whole don't give someone a platform? Like, is is this town hall really gonna? I don't know. It's I don't really know. Just I like don't know. from it's like setting a precedent, like of just d- deciding not to host the like Republican nominee. I don't know. Like, well, he's not even the nominee yet, though. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's true. But he's the former president. So it's not on paper, it's not surprising that a publication or or a news uh, channel, whatever, like would would host a a conservative. It's not it's not like anything new. It's it's nothing new, but it's Trump is sort of transcended all of this and is is something else in its own right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's it's. um. It's a dude who literally is like trying to like steal the election, you know. It's like mm-hmm. not not even. Uh... Mm-hmm. So I I completely agree. I I I wish I wish they would have been able to do this something like this, but like if they could only pause after every sentence and then have someone for five minutes explain, hey, this dude is literally trying to steal the election. Like he is literally like a maniac like guys like this yeah. is not like a funny joke like yeah. but you can't do that in a town hall setting no. like the town hall setting is literally a chance like that is the environment trump thrives in he thrives That's true. in having an audience talking to a woman he gets to talk over he thrives in that audience and speaking of which i wanted to loop this back to the sexual assault thing because that was brought up in the town hall and trump just went on this whole thing about how it's a conspiracy how her testimony was so fun. He was literally cracking jokes about it, you know, like saying, like said, oh, as if I'm going to have hanky panky with a woman in a dressing room. That doesn't make sense. And the audience was laughing at him and, and laughing at this woman who he raped. You know, it's just disgusting, vile, horrendous, yeah, yeah. terrifying. Yeah. But we've we've learned, though, that like. America does just does not care about like women getting raped or assaulted. They just don't care. <laughs> so like that isn't yeah, well, yeah. concerning What's to like most people. Well, it should be. Yeah, but... we already. Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna try to use that against him in twenty twenty four, like the Brett Kavanaugh situation, right? Like that. That was with with literally in twenty sixteen when he said grab when he said he grabs women by the pussy. Exactly. And gets away with exactly. No, like, we've we already learned know that this doesn't it work. doesn't work to like. Like he's not gonna, no one's gonna cancel him over, over being a sexist rapist. No one gives a like. No one cares anymore, which is, and, and no one does. Like like like, well, people do care, right? But like, as voters, like that's not gonna influence people's decisions on whether or not to vote for Trump. At least like, people on the fence. You know what I mean? It's so disturbing. It's really disturbing as a woman. I think the bottom line is is no one really knows. CNN, the critics of CNN, no one really knows how the hell do you handle Trump? Because if you don't give up, if you don't talk to him, you don't have conversations with him, he could point to CNN and say, "See, look, the liberal media actually hates me and it's actually a conspiracy theory." If they do put him on, he he does his whole thing and and comes out looking like a champion who who slayed the evil mainstream media. You just, no one really knows. People will say, don't give him a platform. Can you really not give him a platform? Does that really exist in, in 2023 to not give someone a platform right. when there's like a million social media right. channels? It does, it, it's like, I think it's, it's a just, losing game. It's kind of a, you can't really it's a, it's do a crisis. Like when you have this, this many people who support Trump and are going to vote for him no matter what, I think we're all just sitting ducks ripping our hair out mm-hmm. like, what the fudge do we do? Mm-hmm. do, do damned if we do, damned if we exactly. don't. Exactly. How do you deal with a crisis like this? No one knows. So everybody needs to stop being so mean to each other, you know? I mean, obviously, CNN did this probably just because 
it's the most anyone's talked about in CNN in a That's long a time point. besides on That's Base News point. Network. But <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just maddening. It is. So a little PTSD, a little PTSD yeah, from last time yeah. when in 2020 when 2016 we were like, how are we giving this guy a platform? And then it's just it feels like deja vu, and it's like, it's are like, we seriously oh, we gotta, doing this again? I know we have to deal with Trump again, like running for president. It's just ha 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 Well, anything else? Well, I'm saying. I don't care anymore. I'm going to do every single thing I possibly can in human history to make sure Trump doesn't win in 2024. Yes. I'm literally going to go crazy. I'm going to go crazy yes. with the content. Are you going to go All Joker? Right? I'm going to go Joker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Joker for Joe. Joker for Joe. <gasps> Ooh. Because back in, two- back in 2016, I was so mad about Bernie, Bernie not winning yeah. the nomination that when it was time for to 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 saddle up for Hillary I I I, I wasn't going joker for Hillary but you're going joker for who, Joe Now I got to go I don't even care. People are going to say you're not punk for going joker for Joe. I'm going to say I don't care. I can't do Trump again because it's dangerous on many levels. Well, so that's all I have to say. Speaking of the joker, we have a review of a film, a little film called Bo's Afraid, starring none other than Joaquin Phoenix, directed by our favorite Ari Aster. So, yeah, this is this is this is an exciting part of the episode. So, if you have not seen Bo's Afraid, this is your warning that there are going to be heavy spoilers. So, this is the last segment, so you can you can stop listening to the episode now and and watch it, listen to it later once you've seen Thanks the film. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Yeah, bye. Like, like and subscribe. Okay, bye. But bye. if you All have right, the- seen Bo's Afraid, or if you don't care about getting spoiled, here here we go. Here's here's the review. Bro is afraid. Bro is afraid. So dead emoji. Can we name it? That, can we name the episode that? Yeah, we'll name the episode. Bro is afraid. But cool. I want to say, so Ari Aster directed, as many of you might know, Hereditary, which lots of people loved, Midsummer. including Sophie and I. Midsummer, lots of people love. And now Bo, he was Bo is Afraid. And kind of a departure Bo was for a, Ari Aster. Big, yeah. Big departure. Definitely his most polarizing, where mm-hmm, some people mm-hmm. are saying this is an L. He should have stuck to so scary many, stuff. You know, so like many people, hereditary. and not to say that this film isn't scary. Like, it has its scary moments, but it's definitely more of a comedy, like absurdist, um, Kafka-esque, maybe, if you will. And, uh, and Charlie Kaufman-esque as well. Lynchian. Yeah, there's some Lynchian hints in there, so it's it's a little bit more... It's, it's very funny. Like, I was laughing a lot. Kaya was really laughing a lot. Which made me happy because I had actually seen the film a few weeks earlier. Saw it again with Kayo, um, and you know, usually Kayo and I really, really align with like our our movie opinions. So I was curious to see what he thought of it because, you know, I I I went out of the theater like very impressed, and I really liked the film. But you know, so many people I respect hate it. You know, so. I wasn't sure if there was something wrong or if like why why do I like this film? I don't know. So, you know, I always use Kayo as validation for my opinions. Um, but you know, I, I did I really liked the film and I, I was just excited for Kayo to see it. I really wanted to know what he thought because I like hearing him talk about things and what he believes. So anywho, um big departure for Bo uh, for not Bo, big big departure for Ariaster. Um so yeah, it it's it's a crazy crazy odd movie. I think okay, so I'm gonna say I liked it the most out of any of Ari Aster's films. I think it's I think it's honestly like probably gonna win for me in my heart the my favorite movie of the year, one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time. Sophie was right. Like I was laughing so he was hard. laughing it was it made me so happy i was like at first i was worried oh sorry at first i was worried 
because I thought, oh, God, is he, like, laughing at how bad this is? Or, like, is this just so bad he's laughing kind of thing? But I, but it's, like, genuinely funny. <laughs> I remember when we left the theater, there were people who left the movie who were, like, pissed. Oh, really? I didn't they notice were, like, that. Oh, my, there, there were people who left who, like, literally, like, were... I can't believe we suffered that through that for three hours. Oh, so those, damn. so there were people who were like, did AKA not like, the so, normies. So the, well, so what people, so what you have to understand about the movie is that like, it's one of those movies where like, just a lot of like, absurdly like bad stuff just kind of keeps happening. It's a bit of a troll. You know, it's a bit of a troll. Movie. It's a troll movie. A lot. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's, there's so many, this It's such a hard movie to explain. It really is. It's like, you're cut. So, okay. So I, for example, I know my mom would hate this movie. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm, for two mm-hmm. reasons. One is because the plot doesn't really make perfect sense. You know, like it's incredibly hard to follow because things just kind of are loosely like what the heck is going on, which I know a lot of people who that for a lot of people, that's a deal breaker. Like they want a solid plot that like they can follow. And another thing, too, like I said, a lot of bad things just kind of keep happening. And a lot of people want to see good things happen. They don't want to see bad things just kind of continuously happening. So you have a movie mm-hmm. where depressing. like literally the main character, depressing. Bo, is just tripping from one depressing thing happening to the next and none of it really makes any in, sense. into a massive, yeah. depressive, depressing ending. So that could, yes. So that could be three hours of misery for some people, which is what it is for some people. But, for, you know, for me, and I guess other people who liked it, I know Tim Heidecker said he thinks this movie is, like, absolutely brilliant. I feel like it had some like Heidecker-esque humor. It does. Tim Heidecker was saying he's like he was like mad on Twitter that it was getting mixed reviews because he loved it so much, which is kind of how I feel. But anyways... It, it, yes, it has a lot of like deeply uncomfortable, weird things mm-hmm. that I I can't really explain how or why. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to explain why something is funny. But like, all I know is that it was supposed to be funny, yes, and I was, was like laughing really, funny. really, really hard. Exactly, it's, it's one. Of, it's it's definitely a stranger comedy. You know, as, as far as comedies go. Um, but speaking of our moms, and it, we are recording this on Mother's Day. I know that this is a movie my mom would love, and I, I she hasn't seen it yet, but I think I think she's really gonna like it. So, yeah. Sorry, I just thought I would add that for my All mom right, well, who's shout, also shout listening. Out to, shout, shout out to, to our shout out to our moms who are listening to this. Shout out to the moms. Shout out. Uh, yeah. So, so what? I, yeah. Another thing. So Sophie told me. Okay, it's a three-hour movie. I, you know, I'm like oh, another. Like I feel so many movies coming out nowadays are three hours long. It's like stop doing that. But I, Sophie said this, and it was completely true. Like I was literally following, like along on the edge of my seat the entire time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. both because there was always some weird fascinating thing going on in the movie and then also because like i also was trying to put the like pieces of the puzzle together and that's why i kind of said it reminds me a bit of maholland drive yeah it is maholland drive-esque for sure in that like honestly like i feel like this the the main idea of bo's afraid and the main idea of Mulholland Drive, the actual narrative is super simple, but the way that the, the, it's presented is extremely complicated and nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very uh, abstract and like, I don't know. And, and, and there's also this element too of the movie too. Sorry, I know I'm just doing a lot of talking. Oh but no, like, I, just, I, I love so, this. Was, was that like throughout this whole thing, you know, even though it's really abstract and nonsensical sometimes like there was definitely moments in the movie where it was kind of making fun of itself yeah yeah like and like Ari Aster felt like he was almost making fun of like A24 and like his own directing style by like just kind of like making internal references to the movie itself and just kind of like leading you down a path that doesn't actually end up going anywhere, which is trolling the audience and kind of making fun of like this kind of artsy style of movies in general. And I don't know. I'm trying, I feel like, I feel like anyone listening to this review is like, Oh my, Oh my God, this movie, this movie is extremely pretentious. And so are Sophie and Kayo, but. um, Well, this is like the one thing I like to be pretentious about because yeah, this is like, this is basically like my music. Like Kyo loves. Well, you like movies too, though. Like you know what I mean. Like you're a music reviewer. You're like a music expert. 
This is how I feel like about movies. And I know it's cringe, but it's less cringe because I'm a woman. So it's like socially acceptable. You know what I mean? I can be a woman and be like a film bro because I'm not a film bro. You know what I mean? I'm a film sister. You're film sis. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, no. So I, what did you like about the movie? What so? did I like about it? Um, I, I like... I like kind of Odyssey films like that kind of take you through a journey and like make really like keep you guessing. And I like, yeah, no, I like, I like strange nonsensical, but like also, you know, you, you can pick up on themes, right? Like it's, I think the, the, the idea of Bo is afraid that like the like actual theme of it is pretty simple, but I like how it was, um, how Ari Aster created the story and like sort of weaved it and and uh, showed it. Um, it's also yeah, it's also like extremely funny. Um, I liked thinking about the the like what each scene meant and what each element meant and like how is this what is this contributing. It's like it felt like a you know solving a puzzle, and it was really fun um, to do that. I'm gonna put my money down right now and say, even though right now this movie is getting polarizing reviews, that I'm calling it. This is gonna be go- this movie is going down as a classic. That yep. probably in ten years' time, there's gonna be a dedicated cult following of this movie who say it's Ari Aster's best. You know that's true. Like there, and I think there are people saying that. Um, I I don't know if I, I definitely like it better than Midsummer. Um, I I I just love Hereditary. I love it. I think it's great, and I I love this film too. So I, it's hard to say for me. Um, I feel you. I feel you. That's the one I love. Hereditary too. So saying Bo is afraid is it's my a big favorite. T- Kyle gave it hard, five but. stars on Letterboxd. He doesn't do that a lot. So, um yeah pretty crazy it's 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 just really super funny but also like i mean the theme of uh you know like the theme of like the the film really delves into essentially just like having an abusive parent and what that's like and you know it it felt very i don't know like it was it was watching it was very intense for me yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it has have it's very intense. Like I've never had a movie that made me feel extremely anxious and uneasy because it feels like you're being abused by the, the yeah, movie. Like the movie true. is both like ab- abusing Bo, but it's also abusing you. And if you so have anxiety, like we both have like diagnosed like anxiety, right? So that also makes it more intense, I think. But it it, it does but it, it does it perfectly because it's it's like doing that but then it also is like relieving you with like a lot of laughter throughout too. So it's right, a right, very right. unusual watching experience of feeling like shit and feeling intense and anxious and then laughing a lot. It you know another movie it kind of reminds me a little bit of um what's that movie? Uh Clockwork Orange, you know? Yeah. Where yeah. it's like really difficult clock- to watch. It's like a torturous. It's difficult to watch. But it's so good. But yeah, but I- but I, I enjoyed this more than Clockwork Orange because I feel mm. like this movie has more moments of like comedy and relief. Um, and it's just like a little, but like I'd say like the same way it's like difficult to watch, you know, like the, how people, I remember someone said they like at the end of the movie, it felt like they were just tortured for three hours. I think my mom, um, my mom actually feels the same way. Like she really doesn't like watching a Clockwork Orange, even though she recognizes the merit and it's ar- like it's artistic value. She knows it's a good film, but. She does. She really just doesn't like it because of how disturbing it is. And it, I and I remember, like, I loved. I love that movie. I really do, but it's very hard to watch. So, yeah, yeah. I guess if you take the the, I I, I feel like Clockwork Orange kind of feels like a bad psychedelic trip. It does. It you know? does. So I'd say if you take that element of Clockwork Orange and then just kind of like dial it down a little bit so it's not as unpleasant as Clockwork Orange but as equally as trippy, right? And then There's some add like add more comedy. You know, I it's think. like it's it's like think about like Charlie Kaufman, right? Like or think about um, you know, films like um, The Truman Show. There's like elements of The Truman Show, I would say. 
um, Synecdoche, New York, which I haven't seen, but I've heard that it's similar and I've been really wanting to see that. Um, uh, also, I'm thinking of ending things. I don't think you've seen that, Kayo, but it has very similar vibes. I like I like Bo's Afraid more than I'm thinking of ending things, but they have like a similar um, theme and, and like like structure and also like messes with your brain in a similar way as well. So, you know, internal sunshine of the spotless mind being John Malkovich, you know, like that kind of vibe. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of trippy, mind-blowing, artsy-ass movies. Yeah, but that was like, I mean, Charlie Kaufman does do comedy too in his film, but like, that was like a little more like comedy, maybe even like Tim Heidecker esque comedy in there. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do I do agree completely with you saying that um, there's kind of like a Tim Heidecker kind of type of comedy mm-hmm, throughout the mm-hmm. movie. Um, and I yeah, it's like like I guess it's no wonder like you said that Tim Heidecker also loves this. If movie Tom too. if Tim Heidecker says it's good, then I it's good because I kind of basically agree with him on everything. So I want to rewatch it. That's how good I it know, is. You know, I know. Like, yeah. How often do you see? How often do you see a three hour movie and then you want to see it again? And I how did. I did. And I I'm I was never bored. I was glad that I got to see it again because it'll help me understand it better. And it only like solidified the ideas I had about it already. So it's a, it's a good, it's a, it's a fun watch. It really is. It's, it's worth watching again, I think. And it's not as like watching, I've seen hereditary a few times now. And even though I love hereditary, I love, like, I think it's basically, it's like almost a masterpiece, right? Like it's, it's genuinely one of the scariest films I've ever seen if not the scariest film I've ever seen um it's so difficult to watch in parts and I and I but I know it's like insanely good right but like with Bo is Afraid it's I think it's easier to it's it has more of a rewatchability to it because it's not as scary it's 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 by far his least scary film but it's also his funniest and it's also and I feel like in Midsummer there's definitely some humor to it. Like they're always vaping and like, you know, like they're being like dumb and like troll. Like you know, there's like some humor to Midsummer, but it it really he really goes all all out with um with uh Bo's afraid. So I'm really excited to see what he does next with like I like he's clearly capable of comedy, right? You know, so I'm excited to see like what else he can do and accomplish. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of him. So, yeah. Yep. And I uh, I I also um, you know I also want to say with Ari Aster, I I really loved Hereditary. I really enjoyed Midsummer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was on the f- I was kind of on the fence of, about him though. I was like, did he just kind of like get lucky with like two very trendy fun movies, and that's it. And with Bo is afraid now I'm an I am an Ari Aster head. I right. hate to say it. I know a lot of I know a lot of pretentious film people don't love Ari Aster. Do it. They think it's whatever. so stupid. If it's good, say, it's good. It's if it's good, it's good. Just just enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Just I'm sorry, folks. Move over. Uh, Ari Aster has officially taken the crown as the greatest director of all time. <laughs> true, true facts. Factoids were spoken. <laughs> Factoids were spoken. St- Stanley Stanley Kubrick takes the L to uh, <laughs> to Ari Aster, True. but in, but I was gonna say though, in, in all seriousness, if Ari Aster releases like ten movies on par with like the three he's already released, yeah, then like he like he like legit is going down as like a legendary director. You know, I think he's he's so. definitely on track for that. So yeah, um. I, I feel like my reaction to Bo is Afraid was kind of similar to the feelings I had when I was, like, watching uh, The Lighthouse. Like, I feel like I had, like, a similar sort of, like, appreciation as I did for The Lighthouse. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I get it. Like, you like you know you're watching a damn good movie. Yeah. I mean, they aren't really completely similar in their themes or anything like that. I just remember watching The Lighthouse and being kind of amazed 
um, and and laughing. It's funny, you know, in parts. I don't know if any anybody moved when I said that, but um, yeah, I moved. Yay! I yeah I you know I it's it it's annoy it annoys me because. It annoys me that some people don't like this movie. It annoys me that some film bros who think they they know better than everybody else don't like Ari Aster and this movie because it's popular and blah, blah, blah. I want to just say this movie is good and you're wrong and that's the end of the story. Period. And I do want to say Ari Aster made a short film called Bo in 2011 And here's a synopsis. A neurotic middle-aged man's trip to visit his mother is delayed indefinitely when his keys are mysteriously taken from his door. He's subsequently haunted by an increasingly sinister chain of upsetting events. So he's been working on this story for over 10 years. And I think it shows. So I I really want to watch this short film, actually, because I want to see how how it changed and developed into a three-hour film. Because it's only seven minutes long, so... Mm. Little little uh little epic film tidbit. Indeed. So yeah, yeah. basically yeah. Um yeah, so go see Bo's Afraid if you've listened this far and you've gotten spoiled. Like I feel like we didn't spoil it too hard, honestly. We actually didn't spoil it that hard. I feel like we didn't really spoil it at all, actually. I guess we're just really good at reviewing things. <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right, well. So, yeah, check it out if you haven't already. We we liked it a lot, so. Um, if you didn't like it, if you didn't like it, then you need to, to what you need to do is study more, learn more, <laughs> watch more read movies. more, beca- beca- become a higher IQ person, and then rewatch it, and you'll like it. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> That's my that's my advice to everybody who doesn't like movies I I do like. Yeah, literally. To, to increase your IQ and try again. Period. So, yeah, I think. Do you think anything else? No. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of Based News Network. I I don't know if this is you can edit this out, Kyo, but um, just an announcement that we are kind of setting up a Patreon. And there'll be more details with that. We're not going to take anything away. It's just going to be more stuff. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, yes. Um, anything else, Kyle? Thanks for li- thanks for listening, everyone. Nope. That's all. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. This has been Based News Network. Bye. Based News Network. Bye-bye.